We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packer fans welcome back to the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl thanks so much for joining me today our main topic is going to be david bakhtiari but a couple things before we get there first of all if you had not had the chance to check out yesterday's pack a day live with wes hodkowitz and tom grassi i cannot recommend it enough make sure to check that out a insanely fun episode i had an absolute blast uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. So make sure to check that out if you haven't had a chance to already. Remember, Pack-A-Day Live every 7 p.m. on or every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on YouTube. So make sure to check that out every week. A um, couple news and notes. Uh, we've already talked about Mike Evans being suspended, uh, but his appeal was heard. We don't know for sure yet whether or not it will get overturned or not. But as of now, he is still suspended, at least as of recording this, he is still suspended for Sunday's game. That could be a major loss for the Buccaneers but we will find out whether or not his appeal was successful 
prior to the game, and we should know sooner rather than later. So something certainly to keep an eye on. Meanwhile, well, Evans is potentially suspended, and Chris Godwin's coming, you know, is was injured last week. We'll see if he's able to play this week. Julio Jones is fighting injuries and didn't play last week. The Buccaneers signed uh, Cole Beasley, the former Buffalo Bill, uh, Dallas Cowboy, etc., to the practice squad, um, and basically have said he is eventually going to get a roster spot. But as of now, he is officially on their practice squad. So a new wide receiver for Tom Brady and company. Meanwhile, Akeem Hicks is going to be out for the Buccaneers. They are fighting some serious injury issues at the moment. He's going to be out, sounds like, about a month. And then their starting offensive tackle, Josh Wells, is likely going to miss uh, the game as well. So uh, some really major losses potentially for the Buccaneers in this game. We'll have to kind of keep an eye on the wide receivers, including Evan's suspension and Godwin and Julio Jones's injuries, but uh, de- definitely a issue for Tampa going into this Sunday with just availability of some of the top players on their team. Meanwhile, the Packers made a couple moves as well. Packers released Travis Fulgham off of the practice squad and signed linebacker DQ Thomas to the practice squad. Meanwhile, former Packer quarterback Kurt Benkert officially signed with the 49ers practice squad. So you will see him in red and gold. Uh, not exactly taking Trey Lance's spot, obviously, but with Trey Lance's injury, uh, you know, they needed a, another quarterback in, in practice, and uh, that ends up being Kirk Benkert. So he is officially a member of the 49ers. All right. That said, I actually wanted to go through that rather quick because I want to talk primarily today about David Bakhtiari. And I think in order to do so, we really need to talk about the timeline of events and just really sort of re-educate everyone on what happened, when it happened, etc. And then we can kind of go from there. So I apologize in advance. This is definitely going to take some reading for me today. I haven't memorized the timeline timeline of events for Bakhtiari. So we'll go through everything in order. Like I said, I apologize for eye contact. I'll do my best. But let's start in November of 2020. So at that time, November 2020, Bakhtiari officially signs his four-year, $105.5 million contract extension, and at that time was arguably having the best season of his career. Per Pro Football Focus, his 2020 season graded out as a 91.8, better than any other season in his career to that point, or obviously after that. Um, he's only played the Detroit game uh, since that season, but uh, 91.8 grade that year, again, was having arguably the best year of his career and signed that huge contract extension. That was November 2020. December 31st, 2020, tears his ACL in practice the day before the new year of 2021, he tears it and of course misses the playoffs and immediately uh, after that has his initial surgery to repair everything and then it was a waiting game. Meanwhile, in June 2021, after that, Bakhtiari had, uh, in an interview with Pat McAfee, said that he felt he was at the halfway point. If you sort of do some of the uh, easy math there, that had been about six months. So maybe he thought it was going to take a year, which would put him at sort of the end of 2021. Um, But we'll get to more on that in just a moment. But uh, he had thought in June 2021 that he was about at the halfway point of his recovery from the torn ACL. October 18th, 2021, he actually starts practicing. Remember, he had been um, on the pup list up until that point to start the 2021 season. He begins the practice period on October 18th, 2021. And on November 10th of 2021, he was actually activated off of the pup list. Now, part of that was procedural. They had to either activate him or lose him for the year. Uh, But on November 10th, 2021, he was activated off of the pup list. 
we would learn later that sometime after that in November of 2021, he would actually have an additional arthroscopic knee surgery. We found that out from a couple interviews that he did. Then in December 2021, he would play in that game against the Detroit Lions, play about 30-some snaps in that game, come out of the game, and that would do it for the remainder of his season. Of course, the Packers would end up losing to the Lions in that game and then lose to the 49ers in the divisional round of the playoffs. In January 2022, he actually did a pretty in-depth interview and pretty transparent interview with Aaron Nagler on Cheesehead TV. If you've never had the opportunity to read it, I'm going to go through some of the excerpts here. I don't want to go through all of it for obvious reasons, uh, but he went through a full, very transparent, very, very real interview with Aaron Nagler. You can just Google Cheesehead TV, uh, David Bakhtiari, and it's the first article that will come up. I highly recommend reading it because I think there's a lot of important stuff in there. But here were some of the excerpts from the article and from the interview that Aaron Nagler did with David Bakhtiari. Quote, everyone knows I tore my ACL. What people don't know is that it wasn't an isolated tear. Anytime there's an ACL, there can always be other complications. I had a little bit of my meniscus, which wasn't a big deal, and I got a little bit of cartilage. There was a lot going on. He would go on to say, I was sitting at about 30 to 35 cc's cubic centimeters of fluid in, in my knee. The only way I can describe it, it was like I had a water balloon in my knee. When you bend it, it shoots out everywhere. And the problem with that is it basically shuts off, meaning his knee. Fluid gets into places. It's just uncomfortable. Goes on to say, we ended up draining it. I'd been draining it for a while. I know it's not the best thing, repeatedly going into your knee. To be clear, it was my choice because I just wanted to play. I just wanted to play. More on that in a moment. But I must have done it around 15 times throughout the season, draining his knee, draining all of this fluid out of his knee. 15 times. That was just in 2021. We drained it that week uh, going into uh, the playoffs or going into the game against Detroit. We drained it that week. I had 96 cubic centimeters of fluid in my knee. To give you an idea, that's a little bit less than four ounces of fluid in my knee. We scan it and ended up finding that I ripped up some cartilage in a new spot. I was told not to play football for a while. The only answer I got, you had two surgeries in a calendar year and things are so inflamed and so angry that every time you start pushing the fluid, it just ignites the whole area. Structurally, I'm good. I know it's fine. That's why no one ever saw me with a knee brace. There's no mental hurdle I'm trying to get over. Um, and then Aaron asked him flat out, do you have any concerns with the knee long-term going forward? He said, no. The hurdle you want to get over is having a full recovery from an ACL. I know my ACL is good. My meniscus is good. They cut out like 10 to 15% of it. It's just my knee needing rest. Structurally, it's good. Just need to take this time off. So he was told numerous occasions, just needed to take the time off, give it rest, not fight so hard to keep playing. And once he got that rest, it would be good to go. However, in September or sometime in 2022, uh, we uh, we don't know the date, at least I couldn't find it. Um, Brian Gutekunst uh, in his press conference in July of 2022 announced that at some point in 2022, uh, Bakhtiari had another knee procedure. Bakhtiari had made mention of it in a interview with Pat McAfee as well. Then fast forward to August 21st, 2022, Bakhtiari officially came off the pup list and then as of now, he has not been active for the first two weeks of the season. And he has overall had three surgeries over the course of the past 20 months and has had his knee drained, as we mentioned, on about 15 different occasions in 2021. So there has been a lot going on. 
the first thing that should be clear here, um, and we'll discuss this in great detail, but the first thing that should be abundantly clear is this is not a person who is okay with just sitting out, right? You don't have, you don't drain your knee on 15 different occasions, have three different surgeries and clearly do everything in your power. If he's just like, ah, I've already made my money and I'm good to go. And I can just be lazy and, and get my guaranteed deal. And there's nothing the Packers can do about it. He's fought through everything to try to make this knee work, to get back on the field. He tried to get back on the field before the playoffs last year, even though his knee was far from 100%, probably knew that he shouldn't have been doing it, but wanted to be out there so bad that he went out and played against Detroit to show that he could play in the playoff game, doesn't make it through, has to have two more procedures since that point, and now here we are today. The other thing I think that's worth noting is there have been a couple different interviews that have been given. I think it was Albert Breer. Uh, who basically said, hey, listen, if things aren't perfect, he's not going to play the first two weeks and it'll be week three against Tampa that he will be considered to, to play against. And then Ryan Wood, um, after the week one, or when he had announced that Bakhtiari would be out for week one in his report, said that he would be out, basically that the, it was likely that he was going to be out week two as well. So like, even right now for 2022, where it feels like, all right, he's got all these setbacks again, it, not yet. Now, if he doesn't play against Tampa in week three, which was kind of the idea of, it feels like the idea of when he would start playing this season. Um, even if that's the, you know, the case, if he plays this week, like he was on target this entire time for 2022. Now, if he doesn't, that, that's another conversation, but I would actually argue that for this season, for the expectations that were kind of set and based on the reports that were out there, it was kind of week three that he was shooting towards uh, to begin playing anyway. So um, neither here nor there, but it's just, I think it's worth noting that as far as we know, there hasn't exactly been a setback in 2022 yet um, from what initial expectations sort of were. Now, here's where I want to kind of get into this in a little bit greater detail. And for those of you who have listened to me often, I've done a lot of these episodes. I've done even more audio podcasts. I've talked to you guys about the Packers a ton. I've got a ton of articles, podcasts, everything, right? I don't get on my soapbox very often. So please indulge me as I get on my soapbox today a little bit. Now, the first thing I want to say is I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan of the Green Bay Packers. You can fan however you want to be a fan. If you are frustrated with the situation, I get it. And we'll talk more about that in just a second as well. But you can fan however that you want. What I care about is being a crappy human being towards another human being. And that's what's so frustrating. And I'll just cut everything off at the moment right now too and say, I get and I totally understand that this is a loud minority of Packer fans. It's not the majority. The majority are rooting for him to get back, are being supportive of David Bakhtiari, understand that this is not his fault, that he's injured and is doing everything that he can to get back to playing. But there is enough people sounding off on this constantly that call themselves Packer fans that are just crappy human beings. And there's no two ways about it. This is just a small snippet of Packer fans responding to a couple different threads on Twitter alone. Facebook's been brutal. Reddit's been brutal. Just, you know, search on any of the social media, David Bakhtiari, and you will find a treasure trove of crappy human beings talking about David Bakhtiari. This is just a small sample, just a very small sampling. Why is he even on the team still? Retire. No one cares anymore. Time to source a trade. Bro got the bag and went on cruise control. Bust. Time to cut this man. Rule him out for the year. Waste of money. 
Stop riding the golf cart and walk to the practice field. Why are you holding a spot on the team? Guy makes a lot of money to watch football. We wasted so much money and time on this dude. P-U-S-S-Y. Get rid of him. Get him off the Twinkies. Only guy in the last 30 years to have a career end due to ACL. He obviously did not rehab correctly. Then give the money back and reallocate the cap hit. Bakhtiari cashing another 1.3 million game check without contributing. I mean, dude, he got paid how many millions to sit here and baby his knee? You ask me, he is done and no longer uh, who we paid. He fleeced us. I'm never, I've never seen a knee injury take this long. Come on, it's going to be two years soon. Players with broken backs come back sooner than that. If he is that fragile and can't heal, get rid of the bum. He's completely healthy. It's 100% mentality on why he's not playing. I play this new game called How Many Global Pandemics Will the World Defeat Before uh, David Bakhtiari, tagged, of course, comes back from his ACL injury. Trade Bakhtiari if he doesn't want to be here anymore. He gets paid, now doesn't want to play anymore. What a waste of cap space, and he's running out of excuses. Cut her tra- cut or trade him this offseason. At David Bakhtiari, even Rob Tanyan came back from his ACL injury and looks great because he actually wants to play. I've also seen comments that the only reason that he can't recover is because he's drinking too much. I've seen that uh, people comment saying that the Packers signed him to the extension after the injury and how the Packers are so stupid for signing him to an extension after he tore his ACL, which was clearly not the case. All of those is just a small piece of some of the comments that you can find on social media. The majority of those just from two comments that myself and Bill Huber made that he was going to be out um, or that Bill made that he was going to be out on Sunday and that I made basically saying that the, some of the Packer fans turning on Bakhtiari is absolute trash, which is what we're talking about today. So I want to be clear here one more time. I'm not saying to not be frustrated with enti- this entire situation. I wholeheartedly get being frustrated with the situation. The the injury at that time when the Packers were set to go, uh, you know, and play in the playoffs in 20 uh, in the 2020 season, uh, missing the entire 2021 and the 2021 playoffs, that cost Green Bay probably playoff wins, maybe maybe championships. That sucks. That really sucks to lose a player of that caliber at the exact wrong time is brutal. And then expecting him to, you know, to get him back at some point in 2021 and never really getting him back. And then expecting him at some point to hopefully be ready to start the 2022 season and not being ready for 2022. It sucks. Every update for David Bakhtiari seems to be some new level of frustration. I get that. I'm not, again, I'm not telling you how to be a fan. I be as frustrated as you want with that situation. Totally get it. Totally understand it. Being frustrated at David Bakhtiari for an injury that he can't control is a totally different thing and is what's been so ridiculous. I also can understand if you're frustrated that the Packers haven't been totally forthcoming about this entire situation. I think that's fair as well. I I get that level of frustration. In fact, I think the Packers have done a poor job to the extent that it almost puts like it almost puts David Bakhtiari in a poor situation because it makes him seem like the bad guy because the Packers keep being like, you know, we, you know, he's going to play. We don't really have a timeline at this point and being very just nondescript about anything. And in this situation, um, especially with Bakhtiari, especially now that it's on year two, it just feels like transparency is the better option here for the Packers. That w- What do they have to lose? And I get that. I'm not saying 
Like, because if they would have said like, yeah, we think he's going to be ready for week one and then he's not right. Then that makes Bakhtiari look like crap too. So I get not wanting to put Bakhtiari in a poor situation, but by being as non-transparent as they've been, as closed-lipped and as tight on this entire situation, it puts Bakhtiari in a weird spot. I would like to see Green Bay be a little bit more forthcoming and just say what's been going on, what the situation is, rather than just saying, hey, David, David's working as hard as he can to get back. We're cautiously optimistic. He's going to be back at some point. We're not putting a timeline on it. And it's the same thing over and over and over. I get from a coach speak a standpoint, and sometimes organizationally, you just have to have a, a message that you say over and over. This is not the time anymore. Like I do feel like it's it's better to be transparent in this situation than closed-lipped, and I think Green Bay can improve upon that, and I think being frustrated with that is totally fine. What I hate and what I can't stand is the anger, the hate, the vitriol towards one of the all-time great Green Bay Packers for something that is not his fault. So I, I talked about the you know people saying like, well, Andy, this is an inflammation issue. You heard him say it's an inflammation issue, yet you see him at a Milwaukee Bucks game chugging beers. You know what's the number one cause of inflammation? It's chugging beers. I promise you that David Bakhtiari is not going home every night and just chugging beers. He is well aware that inflation is one of the key issues. He is also... Uh, very, you know, said that he's got a lot going on in his body that is working to eliminate the inflation. I guarantee you he's not going through all of this insane stuff to eliminate the inflammation while basically, you know, just chugging beers every night. You know, to, to put on a show in Milwaukee for a playoff game when the camera's on him and chug two beers, something that I'm sure he learned in college and knows how to do, you know, easily, does not mean that he is doing this every night. It just doesn't. So you have no proof that he's just constantly drinking and constantly, you know, causing more inflammation. Nor do we know if that is even an issue that's, you know, at, at hand here. We just, we just don't. So uh, that that doesn't add up. That's a crappy excuse as a fan to, to put on him when you, we just don't know that that's probably not happening. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Um, the other thing that I absolutely hate 
is that like the, the the idea that he's not trying to come back, right? That's the most frustrating thing of everything of all of it. And I talked to this uh, with Mike Wall last Friday. Definitely check out that episode because Mike came. You know, Mike talked about this as well. But Bakhtiari came into this league as a fourth round pick. He's he's a physically gifted guy, but not like an overpowering guy, right? Bakhtiari wins in the league at the level he does because of hard work and technique and really hard work on his technique. This is a master of his craft. One of the best pure offensive linemen in football over the last decade. You don't get to that point without an insane work ethic and an insane um, just desire to be the absolute best you can be. If there's anybody that thinks that that guy that worked so hard to master his craft and to be arguably the less, the best left tackle in football is like, ah, I tore my ACL. I'm just done with it now. It's the stupidest idea in the world. And we've seen and heard that he's had three surgeries. He's had multiple, uh, you know, fluid removals from his knee. He's had other procedures that like, this is a this is a guy that is fighting tooth and nail to get back. He tried everything he could to get back for the playoffs last year. Played against Detroit even though he was nowhere near ready. To think that this man is not trying to the highest of possible levels to get back and play football is ridiculous and it's just stupid to say anything otherwise. I talked to uh, Mike Wall about this as well, but now I've talked about it a million different times. There are a handful of Packers that I enjoy watching in practice so damn much because they are just such um, masters of their craft, but they just care so much about every single detail. Jair Alexander, Devontae Adams, and very clearly David Bakhtiari. He's also one of the absolute best teammates out there who is constantly helping to work the other offensive work with the other offensive linemen on their technique and how to get better every day, constantly mentoring players. Like that's just the type of guy that he is. So to think that he is not so invested in this team and in his teammates, if you think he's letting you down, imagine how much he feels like, you know, his teammates, because his teammates, I want him, he wants to be out there for his guys. He wants to be playing in a playoff game. To question his desire to get out there is just as crappy, as crappy, crappy, crappy as it gets. And it's just BS. It is complete and utter BS. And you know how stupid some of you sound, I'm not talking to most of you, I get that, but let me be on my soapbox here. Do you have any idea how stupid some of you sound? Trade him. Trade him. You're talking about a guy who hasn't played minus 35 snaps against Detroit last year in two years. Imagine picking up the phone and calling another team and saying, hey, um, just wondering, just spitballing here for a second. We've got the highest, you know, one of the highest paid offensive linemen in football hasn't played for the last two years. We're not exactly sure when he's going to be able to play again. Wondering what you guys would be interested in trading for his services, for trading for that contract. In order for any team to take on David Bakhtiari in a trade right now, I don't know if, if what was it? The, which quarterback was it? Mike Glennon, who got like, it was like a third round pick to take on Mike Glennon's contract. You're probably looking at some team saying like, we'll take David Bakhtiari, but you have to give us a first round pick to take on that contract.
Like that's where you're at. Do you want to give a first round pick and in David Bakhtiari for nothing in return? That's that's the trade that you're looking at. Nobody, no team is calling for David Bakhtiari right now based on the injury that you yourself are complaining about because he can't get on the field. So trade him. That That's your comment. Trade him. Just beyond stupid. By the way, trade him, cut him, retire. All three of those, trade, cut, retire, trigger uh, basically a, a dead cap hit not this year, but immediately next year that you can't do anything with. Right now, he has a 13.42 million cap hit this year. If you were to cut him now, if you were to retire now, or if you were to trade him now, you would actually save a nice little two mil- almost $2 million this season. You can go spend that however you would like for this upcoming year. But you have $23 million cap hit basically for right around there. It's like you're, I'm rounding a little bit, but $23 million cap hit for next year that you can't do anything with. You can't restructure it. You can't kick it down the road. You can't do anything with it. 23 million next year for him not to be on the team, whether you trade him, cut him, or if he retires. So if you're just, you know, celebrating and saying like, yeah, you should just retire and, or, you know, cut him, trade him and just screaming from the rooftops. Those are the best. That is a bad option for Green Bay. If they want to be competitive next year, um, you're actually just better keeping him on the roster and continuing to push out some restructures with his contract um, and take up an actual roster spot and put him on IR than having him retire or cut him or trade him. It just is what it is. The contract is structured the way right now that any other option besides him on the roster is actually going to cost Green Bay in a very serious way. So your ignorance uh, in, in many ways is just showing because you don't know the exact situation that even if you think that like, all right, get him David Bakhtiari, that's going to make me feel a lot better. It's not because you're screwing over the team primarily next year and you're getting no benefit this year either. Then there's the comment of, oh, but he's Andy, he's taking up a roster spot. He's he's taking up one of the 53-man roster spots and he's not even playing right now. What player, what player did the Packers lose either in you know, cut downs or at all so far this this season that you're just like, man, if we just kept David Bakhtiari on, on the pup list or if we just put him on IR or if we just cut or traded or any of the things, like that's not possible. If we did any of that, what, what, player do you, what player did you want back? What player did Green Bay lose because they kept him on the 53-man roster? The downside is, I don't know, they, they have one like less practice squad player like, I, who who are you hoping to keep? Maybe they could have signed some random undrafted free agent that I'm sure would have you know made this huge impact. But I don't I don't know who you're hoping that they would have you know been able to keep onto. The the upside of releasing him and having that extra roster spot is minimal. Whereas the upside of keeping him on the roster and hoping that oh I don't know he returns at some point this season and plays at a high level because he's one of the greatest tackles of all you know of all time. Um, that seems like a higher upside to me, which is exactly why they're keeping him on the roster. So I don't know why anyone's fretting over a 53-man roster spot where they haven't lost any. It's not like anyone's claimed any of Green Bay's cuts um, outside of Ty Summers, who immediately got cut anyway. It's not like anyone signed anyone off of Green Bay's practice squad. They haven't lost anyone of any importance since putting him on the 53-man roster. So don't lose sleep over it. And then the, the other question, well, Andy, why did they activate him off the pup list if they weren't even going to play him and he wasn't ready? And I've said this before and I'll say it again, because once he was ready to practice and get out there and get with his team, you have to see how it responds. If he stays on the pup list, he can't go out there and practice at all. 
you, you can't have him practice. He can do rehab stuff, but he can't practice. You at some point need to see once he gets that clearance, once they say like, yes, he can go practice, you just have to put him out there and see how it responds and hope for the best. Because if it responds well, you get your all pro left tackle back. And if it doesn't, well, then you have to make a decision at that point, but you can't make an educated decision if you never put him out there to practice in the first place. So as soon as they got the clearance to say, hey, he can practice now, of course you take him off the pup list and you see and you hope that he's ready to go sooner rather than later. Will he be? I don't know. But the, I'll, I'll end with this. I get the, the guy drained his knee 15 times. He's gone through three surgeries. He fought back to get to the playoffs last season. This was his final quote in that Cheesehead TV article. Quote, I mean, you think I want to miss a whole season? I want to play with the guys. The biggest thing I realized is how much I actually care about the game. I really am that loser football dude who loves football. I don't know what more you want. Like, it sucks. It sucks all the way around. It sucks as a fan to, to not have a player out there that's so important to the team. It sucks that they missed two playoff runs without David Bakhtiari and it hurt the team in a major way. It sucks that we don't get to enjoy this insanely impressive athlete and player out at left tackle and just watch him play the game at such a beautiful high level because he was an artist out there at left tackle. It sucks for him as a human being that he's had to go through this, but it sucks worse that people are the way that they are and feel the need to try to drag him down as he's doing everything in his power to get that G back on his helmet to help your favorite football team win football games. His, his contract is guaranteed. He's got the guaranteed money no matter what. He's not, he's not doing this to keep cashing checks. The guaranteed money is already in there. It's, it's just, it's all the way around stupid. And for a fan base that wants to consider themselves the best fan base in football, then we need to act like it. Bashing Bach is the antithesis of carrying the G. It's the worst of fandom. And I know, and I'll say it one more time, I know it's the, the vocal minority. And I know the majority of you listening to this, this is not how you feel. But it's disappointing that there's any fans out there. And I also know that it's not just Packer fans. I know that fans throughout all teams have the same issue. Um, but it's it doesn't make it any less disappointing. So will he play again? I hope so. I hope we get to see him back. And I hope he proves all of the idiots wrong. And I hope he plays at such a high level and hope Green Bay gets the Super Bowl ring in large part because of Bakhtiari's great play at left tackle. We'll take it one step at a time. We'll take it week by week. And in the meantime, all I know is I'm going to be hoping for the best. I'm going to be, you know, as a fan, I'm going to be supporting him week in and week out and hoping that he can get back there. And I'm hoping for his long-term health as well, because it's something that he's probably going to have bothering him for the remainder of his life because he went out and performed as a Green Bay Packer with the G on his helmet throughout the entire course of his career so far. That does it for me today. Thank you for allowing me to be on my soapbox for one episode. I will be right back here tomorrow, hopefully with a lot more fun episode. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go and carry the G.
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. 